Now let's take a look at the bigger picture. Arneem Holzer is with us, macro and correlation, defense strategist, EAB Investment Group. Nice to see you. Um, before I ask you about the jobs report, what's with the market going back and forth in this way? I mean, it, and it's not a small rollover, right? We were up 370 and now we were down almost 300 on the Dow. These, you know, 1% yeah, high, higher, 1% lower. lower. I think I just... Hi, Nicole. It's great to be here. Um, I think you raise a good point, which is the conviction in moves is very short term because the direction of the market and the direction the market wants versus what the Fed is really giving in its recent hawk and awe um, approach are confusing the market. And, you know, our sense is that the long term direction here is towards value and it's towards a higher level of volatility with interest rates slowly creeping up, with the Fed funds futures targeting a 4% interest rate, but the two-year bond still fighting it a little bit. And as a result, there's this value growth rotational fight that you're seeing even within the day, Nicole. Right, well, I understand that. Um, at this point, the jobs report leads me to talk about the Fed. And um, one of the headlines that just passed saying that the odds of 50 basis points versus 75 basis points um, have now gained because after we after what we received on the jobs report that 50 basis points is becoming more likely than before your thoughts um, we, we still lean towards 75 because we're really listening to what the Fed has done to date and and the the I wouldn't call it a pivot but the re-emphasis of the inflation fight leads us to believe that we're still probably looking at 75, although I don't think 50 necessarily makes them dovish, but the implied change um, looks like it's about 64 basis points, which is a little bit more than halfway uh, towards 75. So we think that 75 is still a likelihood, but more importantly, we think the elevated levels of inflation don't get dealt with until the two-year rate correctly reflects what the Fed Fund's futures are reflecting. So even if it's 50, you're still not seeing that in the two-year rate assumptions that we're seeing, the two-year rate uh, pricing. And so we think at, at minimum, this is still a, a, a market to be cautious and a market to position towards solid earnings um, and organic growth rather than high PE, you know, kind of hoping for a short V, quick V-shaped recovery and a dovish Fed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So at this point now, and, and by the way, I'm glad you brought up the two-year, obviously, because these are times where we're seeing these yields moving to these highs. I mean, we haven't seen this in so many years. So the two-year certainly is a big topic of conversation. Uh, that being said now, what do you think about investing here? Um, are you saying that there's opportunity because we've pulled back all year? I mean, we're still down. 20, 30, 40% on stocks or indices, depending on what you're looking at. Great, great question. Good news has been bad news. Good economic news has forced people to think that, oh, the Fed's gonna be tight. We think there's going to be a move back towards good news is good news and bad news is bad news, because we do think a recession within a, a, a rising rate environment is bad news. But ultimately, we think that positioning for a rotation towards the equity sectors that need to grow based on secular forces like, uh, like utilities, energy, um, pharmaceuticals to a much greater degree, we think those areas are still good investments in this environment. But because of the nature of higher PE uh, punishment, 
we think you can't forego hedging, hedged equity, taking some defensive stances because higher rates, when the two year starts to reflect 375 or 4% as the next spring or early summer interest rate, it's going to be difficult for long lead time growth stories. So we think you have to position both towards safety and avoidance of some of the high PE stock damage, but at the same time, the secular growers, the GARP and the value orientation names, like healthcare, for example, where we see tremendous opportunity and a misunderstanding of how the Inflation Reduction Act is gonna affect drug pricing, that gives you an ability to play some offense, but at the same time still keep a dynamic hedge in place because there is an interest rate rising environment. Right, understood. So at this point now, um, are you saying just don't even look to tech or anything like that? You're still looking for quality, you're looking for value, you're looking for the things we need, energy, utilities, like what you were mentioning, pharma. Right. Um, does that mean everything else is out? Well, as a firm, we, we do see an importance of understanding sectors, but I think it's more important in this environment of our rotation towards the, the, the more value-oriented, the more solid, capital-friendly stocks. There can be stocks in, in, in some hardware names. There can be friendly stocks in some of the cyber names where the earnings growth is quicker and shorter term than what you're seeing in some of the big beneficiaries of the pandemic where those stocks got to infinite PEs and really don't have the possibility of delivering anything near pandemic earnings or growth um, it, over the next few years. We think that's the nuance here, is really understanding the factors of growth and valuation and not buying into the idea that high PE stocks that have been cut from 500 to 100 or 100 to 50 are where you wanna start positioning. Because we believe in an interest rate rising environment is still gonna be a real headwind unless those companies can dramatically shorten their time to earnings delivery. Right, so what are we leaving out? Um, as we look at the jobs picture, unemployment rate ticked higher, wage growth came down a little bit. I mean, that's sort of what they're going for. I mean, ever so slightly, but that is what they are going for. And what are you looking for next week and the week after? So we see this data as kind of a core at the center of the whip. What we're looking for is the bigger part that will be affected by the, by the Fed-induced slowdown. And you're seeing some rollovers even in the orders data today. We've seen it internationally with the PMIs. We think the whip part of this is going to be the difficulty that might be faced with company top lines, earnings, and then credit. We have seen credit disproportionately act a little bit bigger than the decline you're seeing in the market. And we do think that the, the bad news is bad news idea is going to affect credit, particularly high yield and maybe even some of the lower parts of the investment grade area, which, which will have to deal with a slowing down of top line expectations, which reduces credit coverage. I think that credit has held in. You have seen spreads widen a bit, but we really haven't seen recessions priced into the credit issue. And so I'd be very careful about assuming uh, an immunity of credit if, in fact, this whip starts to move credit coverage down a little bit more than, than folks had expected. So um, just also in the game plan that you put forth here, um, you did mention utilities, energy, pharma. I mean, I wanted to just quickly talk about the healthcare play here. You have XLV calls, BMY is something that you mentioned. Can right. I just have a quick thought on that? 
Well, we think that, that first of all, healthcare in general is about 14% of the S&P. It's a sector that has the ability, that has the fundamental dynamics to deliver capital-friendly returns in a stagflationary or an inflationary environment. We think that's been undervalued and we think that it's going to get they're going to get more um, they're going to get more attention. Bristol Myers is a very interesting stock. They have a, a Padufa date coming up. We we think the stock is undervalued, but we think healthcare in general needs to get more allocation. Should be an overweight. Energy has done pretty well. It's hard to allocate a ton to that sector. Utilities I think are very interesting with renewables, but again, it's hard to allocate a tremendous amount to the sector because it's starting at a relatively small base. But healthcare has the size to dynamically take up some of the damage that is being done in in the tech space. And so we like healthcare to be one of those areas that's kind of the place to transition to get ready for 23, 24 kind of better returns in the S&P. But it's not gonna be the old high P stocks that drive it. We think it's gonna be more the GARP and, um, and the capital friendly growth stocks, not the high PE long duration uh, tech stocks. Right. Arneem Holzer, EAB Investment Group. Great to chat with you on this Friday. Thank you very much. And have a nice holiday, Nick.